Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. Should Singapore investors be concerned that expectations for economic growth here in Singapore, well, they're expected to decelerate further this year after a lower reading for last year's growth. Good morning and welcome. This is Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Why have analysts been bullish on the Singapore dollar and will it continue to strengthen against foreign currencies? Then we gauge global investor sentiment by tracking global fund flows. So which areas have seen the biggest inflows? And the bulls versus the bears debate continues right here on the show as we ask our featured guest where he stands in the stock market tug of war amid surging interest rates. We are expecting an inflation point, inflection point, I should say, in the middle part of this year, according to many analysts that I've spoken with. But where does Cheng Chai Sun stand on the issue? He's head of investment at Provident. First up, good morning, Chai Sun. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, Michelle. I'm good. How are you? Okay, good. Great to speak with you as always. Let's start off with those numbers for Singapore. So a lower reading for last year's growth and economic growth expected to further slow in 2023, according to figures from MTI. So should stock investors in Singapore be concerned? Yeah, that's a great question. So Singapore's, um, yeah, the latest GDP estimates from the MTI uh, for 2023, range from uh, 0.5% to 2.5%, and uh, that is definitely lower than the 3.6% that they just reported uh, for 2022. So I feel that you know, for investors looking at local stocks, it will definitely come down to their stock picking choices. Um, stocks that are more exposed to the local economy directly might not do as well. But stocks that are exposed to regional businesses uh, that can benefit from China's reopening uh, mm-hmm. have a good chance of uh, doing better. Uh, also, you know, y- your local stocks that are direct beneficiaries of uh, tourism might also uh, be better choices as China's reopening is expected to be a large boost for Singapore's tourism economy. Like for example, you know, typically bank stocks are proxies for economic growth. So it's uh, possible they might not do as well uh, in 2023 as they did in 2022. Also because uh, interest rate uh, increases are likely to slow and uh, net interest margins might not be as strong. Uh, But say REITs might benefit because of a pause in interest rates. It will allow them to stabilize their uh, source of funds. And REITs also, uh, depending on the mix of properties or assets they have, uh, REITs that benefit from China's reopening or Asian growth might be better performers than those that are uh, directly focused on local business and consumption should you know, uh, Singapore's uh, economy really slow as uh, anticipated. Hospitality stocks you know, or retail stocks with regional exposure you know, might be something that investors might want to consider if, if they have the view that you know, China's reopening will be a strong uh, boost for Asian growth as most feel. Another angle really can be like discount or value retail 
might do mm-hmm. better if economic growth slows. Uh, so you know, stocks that uh, directly focus on the local economy, but you know they they have a more discount of value angle. Uh, either that, you know, retail with you know a regional or APEC focus that can tap into China's reopening. Those might be some things for investors to consider uh, if they want to you know be more targeted in their in their choices. Uh, of course, you know, these are all just uh, a forecast and mm. there are many factors that can change how the GDP turns out in 2023, uh, including the budget. So, yes. you know, it's also worth considering just a pure investment in the STI index, you know, for an investor mm. that wants local exposure without having to take uh, idiosyncratic risks from single stocks. Well, okay, so in terms of actionability, um, what does this mean for how we could be thinking of adjusting our investment portfolio? Yeah, so if you are focused on, uh, well, mostly Singapore stocks as an investor, uh, you would want to look through your portfolio and decide, you know, think about what positions you have, uh, how they might be impacted by a slowing economy in Singapore, or how they might be impacted by China's reopening and faster uh, Asian growth you know, outside of Singapore and uh, in greater China. So these are things to consider. Uh, and so if the stocks might be uh, positively or negatively affected by some of these variables, investors should consider uh, reassessing their positions. Or, you know, if the investor wants to reduce the sort of idiosyncratic risk in their portfolio, they can reduce their exposure to some single-name stocks that they are not so comfortable with and you mm-hmm. know, take a position in the index. All right. Well, speaking of stronger performance in regional economies, the Singapore dollar has outperformed nearly all of the group of 10 currencies so far this year, gaining around 1.1% against the greenback, 0.8% against the pound. A lot of analysts have been bullish on the Sing dollar. The question is, will it maintain that strength going forward? What do you say, Jason? That's an interesting one. Yeah, many people have been quite bullish the Singapore dollar in 2022, but uh, starting in 2023, I think we are seeing some uh, calls, you know, to, that the Singapore dollar might, you know, underperform this year. Yeah, so it's done very well in late 2022, early 2023, mostly, you know, MA, uh, because MAS has made many adjustments to strengthen the Singapore dollar to keep inflation in check. I think they had a couple of you know, off-meeting you know, adjustments. They adjusted at the meetings and it's been a constant message of uh, appreciation to keep inflation in check. But recent market expectations that the Fed might pause interest rate hikes or even cut right. rates has also contributed to US dollar weakness and that also mm-hmm. has continued to boost uh, Singapore dollar strength. But yeah, as I mentioned earlier, you know, there, there have been some calls recently for uh, short on Sing dollar as you know, there are views that it might not be able to sustain this uh, outperformance. And uh, some of these reasons are because, well, MAS has already tightened policy five times and uh, with inflation starting to moderate, you know, there's some expectation that uh, there will be a bit of a reversion in the Sing dollar strength as MAS might pause at the next meeting. Also, you know, upside surprises by the Fed, uh, say the Fed increases rates beyond what's expected might also uh, work against the Singapore dollar. But I think one of the key reasons is that you know, as economic growth is slowing, as uh, we mentioned earlier, Singapore might start to focus on growth instead. And uh, we are an export-oriented economy. So one way to support growth would be to allow the Singapore dollar to uh, weaken slightly to make our exports more competitive. So, you know, 
if the Singapore dollar does weaken a little, you know, if uh, the interest rate parity theory holds, we might see our rates also creep up slightly from where they are right now. Oh, could you expand a little on the interest rates and the, the, the different scenarios? So say uh, there's a stalling of uh, US dollar momentum and the Sing dollar appreciates. What does that mean for our interest rates? And if you know it has more upside potential for 2023, the Sing dollar, what does that mean for our interest rates? Yeah, so so I think what you've seen, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, the U.S. dollar sort of stalling and weakening, and U.S. rates have sort of expectations have stabilized, and but the Sing dollar has strengthened, and uh, so because of interest rate parity, uh, that actually does see Singapore yields or Singapore rates come down a little. So you've seen recently the T bills have all started to go down below four percent. I think that's also partly because uh, the Sing dollar is uh, much stronger. I think uh, we were at one point four. Something towards the middle of last year to US dollar. Mm-hmm. Now we are one point three. Well, we just went up recently one point three three. So, so you know that that's a huge move in the Sing dollar. So you can expect that uh, if US rates stay stable, uh, Sing rates would have come down a little, and and it did. So if US rates go up and uh, Singapore dollar weakens slightly into that, then we could see our short-term rates go higher again, and we might see uh, some T-bill use go back above uh, 4%. All right. Cheng Chai-sun is Head of Investment at Provident. Let's now look at global investor sentiment. Uh, what do you think the recent fund flows can indicate about investor sentiment for global stocks. So uh, some say that they're seeing global funds flock back to China uh, as evidence of sentiment shifting. There was also, I understand, U.S. stock mutual funds saw $31 billion in outflows in the past six weeks. What do the outflows indicate? That's very interesting data. I think uh, investors have probably been taking the opportunity uh, as U.S. stocks recovered in the last couple of months to reduce the exposure. And that's likely due to three reasons. The first is that continues to be nervousness and uncertainty around U.S. stocks' outlook because uh, there's a possible recession that's been talked about for <laughs> all of last year and yes. uh, continued uncertainty around the terminal rate for the Fed. Right, The Fed, I mean, they have guided to a certain level, but they've said that it remains data-dependent and inflation continues to be a challenge that they are going to uh, consider to decide where they raise rates to. So that has infected investor sentiment towards U.S. stocks, and that could be one of the reasons why uh, investors there are selling the rally. Uh, I think a second reason is uh, valuations continue to remain to remain very high in the U.S. Uh, the S&P 500 is at 18 times forward earnings. Uh, Europe is at 12 times, and uh, Hong Kong is at around 10 times. And this relative valuation continues to see uh, investors rotate out of uh, U.S. stocks into Europe and emerging markets. So $12 billion over the same time period has actually flowed into uh, non-U.S. equity funds over this period. So you can see that investors are taking money uh, out of the U.S. market and they are putting it into markets with uh, better valuations. The third reason is also investors are taking advantage of higher yields to invest in bonds. Right? Uh, last year might have been the worst year for bonds you know, in a long time or possibly uh, in history. But the upside is that yields are much higher now. And investors are pouring money into bonds. I mean, to give you an example, the the dividend yield of the S&P 500 is 1.7%. Bond yields for short-term, high-quality, safe bonds are over 4%. So, you know, $24 billion has flowed into bond funds over the same period. 
So you can see investors uh, continuing to invest where they see good relative valuation or where yields are higher uh, because both of these uh, factors mean that um, expected returns are higher. So I think we can see the markets are behaving in a somewhat sensible way. They're pulling money out of you know, uh, higher-priced assets, going into cheaper assets, going into assets that give them a, a higher yield. You know, markets are gravitating towards uh, these higher expected returns over time. So this could be some reasons for why we see the fund flows as they are so far. So the tide seems to be shifting when it comes to jumping on the bond bandwagon. Um, how do you think bonds could fit into portfolios in 2023? I think bonds can fit into portfolios. Well, the bonds fit into portfolios at all times uh, to help reduce the volatility of the portfolio. 2022 was definitely quite an exceptional year. But uh, even then, short-term high-quality bonds fell you know, less than stocks. I think even uh, intermediate high-quality bonds fell less than stocks. So in general, bonds continue to be a way to reduce the volatility in your portfolio. Uh, and especially right now, they are a good source of return for your portfolio because the yields have gone up a lot. So they, they fulfill this very important function to help you uh, stay invested because your portfolio has uh, lower volatility, but they also give you a pretty decent return now. And that's why we see investors starting to turn very positive on fixed income. Yeah, looking to add targeted exposure for sure. All right, let's discuss the Fed interest rate hike and what that could mean for us. The Fed recently raised rates by 25 basis points, 45 to 4.75%. Tell us uh, what your stance is in terms of interest rates for the US and how that is impacting or drying up the demand for the stock and bond markets. Yeah, so at present, you know, the Fed is still guiding for a 5.25% uh, terminal rate, sort of where they expect to pause. So we are going to see about 50 basis points more of interest rate rises in the next one to two FOMC meetings. You know, however, recent comments by um, the Fed Chair Jerome Powell indicate that the data the Fed sees uh, shows that you know, inflation in goods is coming down. But inflation in wages and services is still rather sticky. So they are continuing to keep their options open about bringing rates above uh, 2.25% if it's required. Demand for labor exceeds supply in the U.S. by about 5 million. So, you know, it's a very tight labor market and that will continue to have a wage and service inflation impact. So we can see that there is this uncertainty being uh, sort of priced in or trying, uh, investors are trying to figure it out. If you look at the futures markets, uh, it's pricing in about 40% probability that the Fed will raise rates to 5.5% in June and beyond. So, you know, we can see that there is uh, a bit of a tug of war going on. Uh, part of the market thinks the Fed will stop and possibly mm-hmm. even cut rates, but there is about a part of the market that's saying, you know, yeah, we, we are listening to the Fed and there is a chance that they might have to go higher. So definitely, you know, higher rates than 2.25% are not fully priced into the market yet. I mean, we can see that in uh, stocks. The S&P 500 has been just stuck uh, trading around this 4,100 level. You know, we're already uh, 14 days into February, so 
the market has sort of uh, had a bit of a pause since uh, January's uh, strong rally. Uh, bond yields have also moved off the lows. Again, ten-year uh, U.S. Treasuries are around 3.6 to 3.7 right now. Uh, they were, I think, 3.4 uh, earlier in the year. And uh, the U.S. dollar has also strengthened against some major currencies after weakening, weakening into the last few months of 2022. So you can see that yeah, after you know the Fed comments, Fed chairs comments, the market is trying to anticipate that they might have gotten it a bit wrong. There might be a move above 2.25 percent, uh, but you know it's not fully uh, priced in right now, uh, which is a reasonable assumption because we still don't have that much visibility into how inflation will play out over the coming months. Cheng Chai Sun joining us live. Chai Sun, thank you so much for your time. As always, he's head of investment at Provident. We'll speak to you next month, Chai Sun. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.